Hey everyone, I'm Serena. And I'm Tina, and we are the Mental Health Mamas. Welcome to No Need to Explain. We are so glad you're here. First, as always, a quick disclaimer. We come to you not as mental health professionals or experts in the field, but rather as parents with lived experience who are on a mission to normalize the conversation around mental health. If you or someone you love is experiencing a mental health crisis, please seek professional support. You'll find a variety of resources in our show notes and on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. As our loyal listeners know, we have supported parents whose kids struggle in some way for quite a while, eight, 10 years, and many mistake us for advocates. Although we do advocate for family voice and help at kind of city, county, and state levels sharing themes of family struggles or family experiences, um, our one-to-one support really is about sitting with and being with parents at a very basic level. We've always valued being that listening ear and holding space. And we know the value of this since we always have our parent hats on and hold that space for each other nearly every day. So today we have a guest who has been a major inspiration in our lives and work, and we are so excited to have her with us today. Um, and so I'm, I'm not going to even um, lead into that. I'm just going to say, Heather Platt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you great to be here. Yeah. So we would, we, this is unusual for us, but we would like you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit of your story. Sure. So I, I, first of all, I will say I am also a mother of children who've had mental health issues. So I fit right in. (laughs) I am, um, so where should I begin? I uh, I came out of a background of being a communications professional in the government and nonprofit. And there was something that was not quite fitting for me as much as I, I was, um, I had a great job at that time. And I have since developed my own uh, self-employment because I really wanted to find work that had meaning for me and engaged me. So I've developed and in, in, in convening years, I think you'll talk more about that, but I recently have evolved this center for holding space. And even before that, I was writing and teaching and developing this work in particular on holding space. And that's really become the core of my work and my passion, my love, and the way I show up in the world. Uh, and so what I do is I teach workshops, I write books and teach workshops all over the world when when uh, COVID lets me travel, <laughs> and online when whenever I can't, and or I always am teaching some online courses. So that's what I do. And how I show up in the world is really helping people evolve their capacity for holding space. Yes, I think that leads us nicely into uh, this quote from your website that I think will resonate with lots of our listeners. You say, I think it's true that many of us end up teaching what we most need to learn. Before I learned to hold space in my late 20s, I became convinced that it was my job to keep my loved ones alive and happy and emotionally healthy. Forget holding space. I needed to try to control what was going on so that everyone was safe and well and cared for. That message had already been shaped been shaped by my 
by watching my mother sacrifice nearly everything for her children and husband. What advice do you have for listeners out there? I can imagine that resonates with a lot of people um, who can very much relate. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that quote comes right after a story that I shared in the book about um, having to support my former husband through some pretty severe mental health issues. And in that time, feeling very much like I needed to be the rescuer to the, you know, his savior has mm-hmm. <laughs> put, put the pieces back together. And, and I've since found myself in that similar position with, with daughters having had mental health issues where it feels, you know, it feels kind of desperate in your body. You feel the sense of, oh my gosh, I have to fix this. I have to resolve this. And really what I would say to people is something that that has been some really hard learning for me is that if I'm needing to fix the situation, it's usually less about me than it is about or less about them than it is about me. Mm. It's usually about my own discomfort, my own fear of the world falling apart, my own need to have things in a certain order and under certain control. And it's been a really tough lesson to learn to let go of other people's journey and to trust that I can support them, I can show up with them, I can walk alongside them without needing to fix them or control them. And and, um, learning to give that kind of unconditional positive regard to other people while still giving it to myself. And I think that's a really important part of this is and you asked me what advice I would give is do your own work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's one of the most critical things. And I, I know you talk about this is just do your own healing work to discover what is it in you that is being triggered when you're needing to fix the world for other people. Mm. What's the abandonment trauma you have or what's the, whatever the fears of, of, you know, lack of control, all of those things surface, those things, so that you can be present and learn to self-regulate in those moments so that you can learn to, you know, take your hands off the (laughs) the clutching the wheel, trying to control things uh, and just be present. So a a lot of it starts with yourself. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going to, before we get too uh, in depth about what you're doing now, I want to make sure that we talk about what it means to hold space. And clearly, this is a huge topic. You've written an entire book, The Art of Holding Space, which is a fantastic <laughs> book. Um, but I wonder if you could give like a little brief um, overview of what what we mean when we or what you mean when you use that phrase. I'm, I yeah. So. What does it mean to hold space? To hold space, really, the way I've defined it in my book and long before that in my blog post was that holding space is learning to walk alongside someone without trying to control them, without trying to direct the outcome, without trying to impose our own desires and wishes on them, without projecting our own stories, our own narratives onto them. And learning to do that with grace, with uh, very little judgment, was little judgment as we can muster um, with compassion um, and allowing them their autonomy and allowing them their own choices and uh, their own outcome, really. It's it's letting go. It's a process of, in, in the Buddhist terminology, terminology, it's a process of like being in relationships that are loving and kind, but not in that kind of attachment of the negative form of attachment. I mean, the, like the, the clinging kind of attachment. Mm. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, to delve a little deeper now, as uh, Tina and I mentioned in our pre-interview, we are total fangirls um, Mm -hmm. and we've followed your work over the years. So um, in 2013, when we started developing our support model of supporting uh, other parents like ourselves, we came across uh, your what is now a viral blog post from March of 2015. And we will certainly link to your blog post um, in our notes. You write about your experience with palliative care when your mom was dying. You spoke about the nurse who came to help and who you describe as so much more than a palliative nurse. You say she was a facilitator, coach, and guide by offering gentle, non-judgmental support and guidance. She helped us walk one of the most difficult journeys of our lives. And then you go on to say, it means that we are willing to walk alongside another person in whatever journey they're on without judging them, making them feel inadequate, trying to fix them, or trying to impact the outcome. When we hold space for other people, we open our hearts, offer offer unconditional support, and let go of judgment and control. So take us on a journey from this blog post that crashed your website to um, what you've now created in your center for holding space. Right. So that, yeah, that blog post came out about two years after my mom died. It had been two years of really kind of trying to process Mm -hmm. what happened at my mom's deathbed when my siblings and I gathered around uh, to support my mom in her dying. And I was, although all that time I was, you know, trying to reflect on what it was that Anne, the palliative care nurse was offering us. And I came from a background of being a facilitator and coach. And, and so I had some understanding of this idea of holding space, but this is what really kind of solidified it for me, understanding what Anne was doing at the bedside of my mom. And so I wrote the blog post, it went viral in such an intense way, it I still can hardly imagine it's, it's been seen by more than 10 million, I have no idea at this point, how many people have seen it, it just seemed to land uh, for people in a way that resonated. And I started getting hundreds and 1000s of emails and messages on social media from people that resonated with it. And we're we're so grateful, largely that I'd given them language for Mm -hmm. something that was intuitive, that they kind of knew how to do, but they didn't know how to talk about. So more than anything, I don't think I taught people how to hold space, I gave them language and Mm. and opened this up for them more. So that uh, at first, I had so many people coming in and I often say that I didn't find holding space. It found me like it kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, this is your work. And so I, at first I was in a bit of resistance. I didn't want to build my work on this concept because I was doing lots of other things, but it just stuck with me. It really was persistent and kind of calling me into it. And so I started finally, it took me a year or so, but I started to develop some courses and programs. And first I was the very first uh, workshop I did, I think I was invited to uh, Australia, actually, and I live in Canada. So that was a long way to fly (laughs) for my first teaching on it. And uh, trained, did some in-person training, and then evolved an online training program, which started as a six-month program, has since evolved into an eight-month program, which we call our Holding Space Foundation Program. And with time, that continued to evolve. People really responded well to this training program. And then a book emerged out of it, and that was published about a year and a half ago. That came out. And simultaneously with the book coming out, um, 
I developed a business partnership. So Krista is my business partner, and she had been my assistant supporting me through all of this. I hired her shortly after the blog post went viral because I really needed some support and holding all of what was mm -hmm. being asked of me. And, um, and then we evolved our relationship into a partnership. And I really decided I wanted a collective holding of this because it felt really important in the way that I was evolving this work, that it wasn't solitary, wasn't held by me alone. And it, it's not about me building an empire around this idea, but it's about really modeling how to hold space. And I think holding space is a collective act. And so I brought Crest in alongside me and we're working together. We've developed the Center for Holding Space and really continuing to develop more training programs and working with people, working with different communities, doing training. We're, we're branching out more and more into different communities and trying to land this work in different spaces, whether it's workplaces or churches or um, all over the world. So it's been really, really gratifying and wonderful work. And I, I, I'm grateful every day that this work found me and I get to do what just gives my life joy. Yeah, that is much how we feel, I think, about the work that we do. And um, I just want to circle back to something you said when you said um, you gave people language around this. Mm -hmm. And I would say, yes, and for us, you're, it's like the touchstone, right? So when we get into our mom, mama modes where we want to fix everything and our kids are spinning, it's like the touchstone that says, okay here's the thing. I need to hold space right now. I don't need to fix anything for anybody. So I love that. And I love that you, um, you know, talk about really working on yourself because I think that is, we are much better people when we can, uh, and we're much better for ourselves and others when we mm -hmm. can kind of work on ourselves first. So clearly this work feeds you. Um, and we know that we try to send messages out to ourselves and others about taking good care of ourselves, kind of to fill our own cups. So what things do you do to make sure with all this busy work and traveling everywhere um, after COVID and before, uh, what do you do to fill your own cup? Oh, what do I do? Well, I, I have quite a few different things that I do. I've, I've really evolved kind of a, a personal practices and I just wrote a list of these kinds of practices that I have. And some of them are simply um, reverence practices. I love to just go outside and just be in awe of the, of nature and stare at birds. Like even before this interview, I was just sitting and looking at my window and watching the birds go by. And so just building those kinds of pauses into my day on a regular basis makes a big difference to just be in reverence and gratitude. And I, I, I love to read. I'm a voracious reader. So tucking myself into my bed or in the corner of my couch and reading a good book is one of my best supports and relationships. I'm, what's one of the things that I've, in, when I wrote this list of, of practices, one of them I said is a relationship practice. Be in good relationships, meaningful relationships, where you can just be fully yourself and be present. And that's one of the most meaningful things that I have found for supporting us and finding peers like you're doing exactly what you are doing together and advocating for others to do is support each other. And so, and, and I have lots of other things too, that I, I'm, I'm, um, 
I've, I've taken up woodworking. This is one of my play oh, wow. things. I, I love building things. And surprisingly, I've been building furniture and building and you know, fairly rudimentary things for my backyard and bookshelves and things like that. But it just gives me great pleasure to have my hands busy, to be making something that that gives me some sense of joy and, and completion. And so, yeah, finding things that that are fun and enjoyable and, and creative are, has always been one of my ways of caring for myself. Hmm. Those are great. I, I love the concept too of a, of a pause, taking a pause for yourself. Um, yeah. So um, I, I'm aware that you are in the uh, midst of launching a brand new course. Um, so we'd love to hear about that and maybe some of the other offerings that you have at the center. Sure. So the course that I'm developing right now, and I'm in thick in the middle of it right now <laughs> for course content, it's called Know Yourself, Free Yourself, Self-Exploration as a Path to Love and Liberation. And it's really meant to support, I after teaching people for years, I've been for 10 years now, I've been doing workshops and, and um, training people and supporting people's personal growth and p- teaching people how to hold space. And I just see again and again and again that people need to give themselves uh, permission to just focus on themselves, to uh, really seek love and liberation, to free themselves of old baggage, old stories that they're telling themselves, some of the beliefs or biases they might have inherited or, you know, picked up in our cultural systems. And so it's really, it's a, it's a path through looking at your beliefs, your biases, your lineage, all of those things that might be, have become somewhat burdensome. And I mean, appreciating and having gratitude for those that are are still valuable, but then releasing and liberating yourself so that you can live more, um, more free and joyful lives. And the last lesson is on joy. So that's always the direction that we're going to take. Uh, So that's the thing that I'm working on the hardest right now. There are several other courses on centerforholdingspace.com that are standalone kind of self-study programs. There's a writing program there. There's one called the Spiral Path that's based on a labyrinth journey. And then our primary work is the um, Center um, or the Holding Space Foundation program. Like I said, that's an eight-month program, quite intense program on holding space, um, we meet every week on Zoom and really go into the material in quite a deep way. And I'm training teachers to develop that, to teach that. So I'm 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 moving a little bit further back and, and mentoring people into that work because I really want it to grow. Um, and then we also have a certification program, which is the next step after that, where we're certifying holding space practitioners. So we're evolving this kind of path through the work to really deepen people's understanding of it. Mm. So you just mentioned your website. Um, do you have other ways that you connect with people? Sure. So centerforholdingspace.com is the place for the work, for the courses and things we offer. I also have my own separate website still, heatherplatt.com is where I do much of my writing, <laughs> a fairly active blog there. Uh, and um I've always been a writer and I've always been a person who works through things by storytelling and um, emerging my own stories. And that's one of the things people respond to in my book is 
that I share a lot of really personal, authentic stories. And I do that on my blog at heatherplett.com. And then they can find me on social media, Facebook. I'm Heather Plett. Uh, Heather Plett slash author is my, my business page there. I'm on Instagram, Heather Plett. I'm on Twitter, but less active there and, <laughs> and LinkedIn. All of those places you can find me as Heather Plett. Nice. Yeah. So, so Heather, is there um, anything we haven't asked you today that you would like to share with the world? Mm. I, I, I think where I always try to land, especially for people with um, who are really trying to support children with mental health issues. And that's a really, really huge task. Mm. And it takes so much out of us. And I've been there. I've walked alongside you and, I really just want to encourage people to give themselves grace. I mm. think grace is one of the most beautiful concepts of just forgive yourself for your mistakes, love yourself, give yourself radical self-love on a daily basis, intentionally just being kind to yourself because you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. There is no perfect way to do this. There's no perfect way to hold space. And one of the things I talk about in my book is that we often, when we're triggered or when we're, uh, you know, particularly under stress, we hijack space instead of hold it. And mm. that can come with some shame. And uh, mostly I want to tell people to just um, learn to be in, in tenderness with yourself. And I have a little free ebook on heatherplett.com called the, the house that tenderness built, which is all about learning to be more tender with yourself. And that's what I really encourage people to find a practice of tenderness, intentional tenderness. Mm, I love that. I love that. And we clearly so value your work in who we're becoming in the world and will continue to follow you. So we cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your busy life to be with us today. And again, so grateful for the work that you're doing. Thank you very much for having me. And so podcast friends, we are as always grateful for all of you listening and supporting us. You can help us out by visiting Apple podcasts, leave us a review, subscribe, and please share with others. You'll find lots more content on our website. No need to explain podcast.com. You'll also find us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can connect with us there as well. And this is your gentle reminder to take good care of yourself while you're also taking care of your people. Thanks for listening. Bye.